Got the CEO of the Adelaide Footy Club, Andrew Fagan, kind enough to uh, to join us in the box. Fags, welcome. Um, how do you feel? Last home game of the year. You know, comparatively, 12 months on from what would have been, uh, you know, a great feeling last year. To, to see what's transpired this year as you sit here in charge of the club, what's the overwhelming sort of sense of uh, feeling you've got? It's certainly not the same, that's for sure. And obviously last year was a, a tremendous ride right through the course of the season. And, um, you know, it's been a... It's been a very different journey this year, and you know, almost you feel it some, you know, some a little bit like you haven't got going, you know, as a as a club. So you know, we're a bit slow, get, you know, getting going. We then got on a little bit of a roll, then it sort of been up and down all year, and just struggling to find the continuity that we, um, you know, that we've been used to over the last couple of years. So look, it's it's a frustrating season, and one where we know that we haven't delivered to the expectations of ourselves or our fans and our members, and. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, we'll try and finish out the season as strongly as we can, and then, uh, you know, refresh, regenerate, um, review, and then get back to work. How much of it uh, is bad luck, and how much, and probably not the right term, probably a sensitive term, but bad management in the sense that there's been a lot written about the footy club in terms of the decision making process and the events you've undertaken this year. So, sitting back now, you've probably had a chance to reflect, and uh, how much would you put it in, a, in each part of the court? Oh, look, a lot of things need to go right to have a good season. There's, I think, let's, you guys all know, it's a brutal competition. You've got to get a lot of things right. And, um, you know, I don't think there's one thing in particular this year that's hurt. I think there's been a, you know, a bunch of little things that haven't gone our way. Certainly some of those are in the luck bucket. We, you know, we've had a, a bunch of injuries, which, you know, collision-based injuries. We just haven't been able to put the same team out in the park you know, at all. We've rarely finished a game where we haven't had... You know, more than one or two on the bench, that's been difficult. But there's been some, you know, I think we've acknowledged, you know, throughout the course of the season, there's been some, you know, some misses on our part. Um, probably the, you know, the players have acknowledged some misses on their part you know, as well. So, you know, it's something that will all form a part of, you know, our learnings for the year and, um, you know, we'll continue to push and, um, we, you know, strive to get better and that'll be the, you know, the focus of the next several months before we line up in 2019. So some strong messaging coming out this week that, there's going to be no, for want of a better term, scapegoats. A lot of people always seem to think somebody's got to pay the price when you don't get great success or have a great season. Um, let's go back to the hamstrings. Did you get a bit cute with the handling of that? Were you a bit sensitive because potentially there was different types of techniques being used? I mean, it's a lot of we're hearing on the outside and only you guys know what happened in there, but were you trying to be a little bit cute with the vernacular and the messaging at that point in time, which led to a lot of frustration from your fans? I don't think we were at all. So I just, I think there's some some from the outside. I think wanted to try and be cute with the messaging themselves. So what we had was a, a really strange occurrence of a bunch of hamstring strains um, where there wasn't actually a strain. So literally, guys feeling tightness yeah. and awareness. As um, we called it. Yeah. So yeah. we called it yeah. awareness. Could have said they're hamstring tightness, but it's it's not a strain. It's a perfectly conditioned hamstring without a tear um, but guys going on feeling a bit off so which is why we had a you know a bunch of guys were off for a week or two until we felt as though they were right we had a fair bit of tendonitis in there as well so it just um, wasn't clear and I think you know we always said it for what it was um, and you know I think uh, that was this year's hamstring awareness I think last year we said organic growth within our list so we got done on that one as well so well Carl they're running with green shoots um, so. well that's right well everyone's got something so you try not to be boring you come with another phrase and you get taken to task on it but uh I've uh, heard quite a few other clubs use hamstring awareness over the back end of the year, so I've uh, enjoyed that one. And I think uh, last year I heard a few talk about organic growth. So um, anyway, it, it is what it is. But you know, we certainly we had more than our fair share of you know, soft tissue injuries early, um, which was unfortunate. And you know, the guys, um, I think there's a few reasons for that. 
Uh, they certainly made adjustments at the back end of the year. I think we've been you know, probably at or below the AFL average. You know, I think we've you know, seen that there is certainly a significant injury across the competition. Um, and said that, that we've had just as many of the collision-based injuries which have you know, provided some of our continuity issues. From a review point of view, there's always the sort of uh, the feel that you've got to go outside of your group. You guys haven't. You've, you're going to do your own review and I'm backing that 100% because I, I think you guys as a footy club know exactly what you did right and what you did wrong and how much luck you did get and how much luck you didn't get. Yeah, Louis, I think that's right then. Now, we don't just stay internal. And the thing about reviews, um, you don't just do one at the end of a year. Look, we yeah. review constantly. You're actually reviewing things on a week-to-week basis. So they're reviewing their game. That's what you know, we employ all these coaches to actually do. Um, throughout the course of the year, you've got the other departments reviewing what they do. Um, we bring in you know, external people to do that as well. We've had you know, leading sports scientists in there this year you know, reviewing some of our you know, high performance and sports science sort of departments. But they were in there last year and they were in there the year before as well. So it's just a regular part of doing business. Now, and we won't, you know, we've got, you're right, we sort of know what we, you know, pretty sure we know what we did right and wrong throughout the course of the year um, and maybe some things that just worked against us. Um, but it's, you know, and, and people like to sort of identify one individual, but it's just, it's just really really is that actually the case so um you know the guys will um on, on top of the sort of the continuous reviews that they've conducted right throughout the course of the season they'll take the opportunity come the end of the season to sit back and and uh and ensure that you know everything is documented in the way that it needs to that we've got a really clear um picture about what 2019 looks like from the off season to the pre-season to to try and ensure that the guys come back in the you know the best possible shape to, to launch 2019 in the best possible way. Speaking of 2019, from a player's point of view, obviously tendonitis can stick around for a while, more so in the Achilles than the hamstring, but you're going to back in your uh, physical performance group to make sure there will be no reoccurrences of that tendonitis in 2019. Yeah, look, certainly on all the soft tissue stuff. And again, it's a bit of a funny discussion. And when you look at, I know, you know Brett Burton and, and Matt Hass have um, you know, been the focal point of a lot of attention because we had soft tissue injuries. And I think those guys, when you look back to Brisbane, um, so they were there for a five or six years. I think Brisbane have, if it's not the lowest, it's the second lowest number of AFL games lost to soft tissue injuries in the competition. Their body of work over six or seven years um, in the soft tissue injury department, maybe seven or eight years, both there and here, is actually excellent. Yep. Um, this year wasn't a good year. Um, it, it happens. Um, and it's, it's a fine line that you run. And uh, said the guys have reviewed everything they've done. They've tweaked what they think they needed to. I think those adjustments have have borne fruit in the back end of the year, but you can't get back a pre-season. It, you know, it can hurt you, and we'll be ready to fire again next year. Can we just talk uh, general footy for a moment? Uh, moving forward um, with the AFL, is there anything that concerns you, or, or even if it's not concerned, what's interesting you at the moment? Because we're hearing about, say, Carlton and Gold Coast wanting priority picks. Uh, there's talk about changing the draft. Uh, there's all, you know, there, uh, there are rule changes being mooted in football. What's what's uh, on your mind at the moment as far as all that concerned? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fair question, and there's a lot... Um, that's been discussed at the moment. So yep. probably one of my concern might overstate it, but you know, there's there's probably too many moving parts for mine. So yep. I'm hoping that uh, you know you begin to just lock down one piece at a time. I don't want to make too many of these changes. So and you've got to view each on their own. So the, when it comes to the rules, you know I think we'll end up changing a couple of things, um, but I don't think it'll be anywhere near as many have been discussed throughout the yep. course of the year. I think yep. there'll be some minor changes, a, a lot in the interpretation bucket, and maybe a couple of. Um, fundamental changes. The uh, when it comes to the draft, obviously we've got live trading you know, this year. But again, I think some of the other changes might 
be at least 12 months away, so there'll be a lot of discussion. Uh, and then, you know, priority picks is, is one, I think over the course of the weekend, I've heard you know, media commentators say they're going to be at the start of the first round, they're going to be in the middle of the first round, they're going to be the end of the first round. I'm not really sure, you know, where they're going to land at the moment. I was just sitting next to Gil McLaughlin downstairs at our function. I certainly suggested to him they shouldn't be at the front of the first round. Um, but the, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see you know, what, what, what transpires there. But, you know, I've got confidence in the, the commission. So, made the right so folks, are you surprised at how much has gotten out, out of AFL House and how much co- public commentary is being? We've, you and I have had a running battle for fun over the years. We don't publicly comment on it and give you running commentary on certain things like contracts and bits and pieces. The AFL, for whatever this re- year, have been more than happy to be on different pages at different times with both Gil and Steve Hocking and anyone else that wants to have a say. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I think the AFL like to um, float ideas. I think they've got a you know a history of liking to throw them out. Um, you probably combine that with Gil, who uh, is happy to have you know be really transparent with regards to his thoughts. Now, I think um, it's important when you listen to Gil um, to give uh, enormous um, respect to when he says, "This is my opinion." When he says it's my opinion, he's just saying oh, that's McGill McLaughlin's opinion, and that hasn't become a commission um, decision. It's not something that's been workshopped. So he, I think that's he, he probably fires one into his own foot on occasion. Yeah. On but only trying to do the right thing and say, well, this is what my view is. But yeah. we haven't workshopped it, and I've got a I've got a department that's there that's doing all of the analysis, and they'll bring that back to me, and and um, you know, it'll be decided appropriately. It won't be his opinion. So uh, I think um, said he gets probably gets shot for being honest um, rather than just giving a, a party line. You know, so it's. It's a bit tough. Fags, just going on with the review and, you know, you're wanting your players to have the best 2019, can you explain to me how, after the grand final result that you had, that players can come back not ready? That they come back... Um, well, Daniel Talia was quite outspoken, actually. I think he was removed from the leadership group post that. But as a professional athlete, which, you know, you've been involved with, how can you come back not ready and that burn in the gut to, to flick the switch for 2018? Well, how, how true is it as well? Yeah, well, I was going to say, let, let's be clear as well. The vast majority of guys came back in great shape, um, but probably not as many as the year prior. And one of the reasons for that is that you know, they've, they've been on a fair journey that didn't in, end well. And you know, I think particularly in, they represent the Adelaide Football Club in this town. It comes with a fair degree of scrutiny. And, and their grand final performance wasn't one that you know they wanted nor our fans wanted. And I think the guys genuinely needed just to get away. Um, they'd been under enormous pressure and... And they needed to separate themselves from footy. Um, there's a big difference between winning and losing that game in terms of you know, what you carry for the next few months. And yeah. So, you know what? You'd love every person to come back and make sure right throughout the course of their 12 weeks off that they're you know, leaving no stone unturned and they you know, don't have a beer and don't need a <laughs> chip and run their so, 10Ks every day. But, they're all different. You know, they, well, A, they're all different. But B, these guys needed a break. Um, and, you know, the... They needed a break. So I think emotionally, you know, mentally, physically, they needed a break. And um, so the vast majority came back, came back fine. And, and by January, they were all on track. So actually, you know, we're recognised as being a hard-working football club. Every player who comes here recognises that. And every player that goes to another club, the other club generally sort of come back and say, wow, you know, these guys are hard trainers. They're a hard training group. Um, they've been recognised that for a, a large number of years. And they did that. They're in, all in, you know, I think we had 17, 19 guys with personal bests on time trials post-Christmas. They got back there, but we just had a lot of guys who were carrying injuries through that period, a lot of surgeries that came up. And it just became, it was almost the start of the cycle of trying to catch up. And you get some, Tex Walker, you know, he's probably a perfect example. That's a guy who came back in, in good nick. He looked after himself over that break, but then just had um, some surgery, you know, an injury, 
then trying to chase it back, gets injured sort of trying to chase it back, and then you're just chasing your tail all year. And you know, he's a guy that just you know, could never you know, get into get into top gear because of the disrupted pre-season that he had. So less about off-season, it's more about off-season plus pre-season um, and how the two join together. You mentioned the scrutiny in good old Adelaide. In your professional career, have you experienced any more heightened scrutiny or any more pressure than what you've had this year in your personal role? Uh, no, this is pretty good. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. So the, You wouldn't want any more? No, it's that's about right. Level, yeah. It's about right. Oh, look, you, you take it for what it is. What I love is the fact we've got 700,000 fans. They're wonderfully passionate about this football club. They're extraordinary. You know, today's a member appreciation round for us. And um, there's, yeah, they're amazing. So if people are that passionate, then you know that they're going to have a say. And when you're, when you're delivering well, then they're going to pat you on the back. And when you're not delivering to their expectation, they're going to, you know, give you a whack, and and that's and that's fine. I'll, I'll cop that every every single day. You know, the frustration that you get more so in my role is where you it can become pretty inefficient at times when you've got a lot of stuff being spoken about that's not true. So it's it's more that thing where one thing turns into another, turns into another, and you're just going. You know, we, we put a lot of fires out this year. Going, people were genuinely inventing things, so that can become frustrating. But I never get upset with fans who are upset with us um, uh, because you know they've they've earned that right. They they pay their membership dollars and. Um, they support our club through thick and thin. They're tremendously loyal, and um, it is what it is. But it's 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 great. I just want to go back. What did you say this round was? Well, it's for us. <laughs> we we, we recognise our members. Yeah, you want to you've right. got a comment to no, make about this, that? This might be my favourite. What's it called? Member appreciation. Member appreciation round. round or okay, t- that is my new favourite then. Right. M A R did. So what do they get out of that? What do you do for them? We just tell them that we're saying thank you, but we'll actually we'll get some right. lucky some lucky um, members will get selected out today and get presented with jumpers at All the right. end of the game. So I no, think we'll have port. we'll have twenty two of those. You don't give away free jumpers. Why well, we do? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. Do you know some people some people take them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the lucky members get to go on next year's camp. I have got a lot of free gear over there. Don't worry about that. So, no, we do recognise our members, and we've been doing it right throughout the course of the week, and just saying thank you to them for the support that they give. They turn out in, in great numbers every week, and. I'm sure that'll be um, the case again today. Last one, Fags. Um, the constant speculation around Tex and his leadership, it, it, it at times appears personal, at a time appears agenda-driven from somewhere outside that people want to kick Adelaide while they're down, and, and Tex has become a whipping boy in this town. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but, I mean, do you guys, do you have a theory down there, Pike? Oh. You've spoken on it a couple of times. You've, you've oh. tried not to... Answer answer for him because he's a big boy and he can handle himself. But I'm sure it'd have to wear him down that he's constantly under speculation and pressure every time he just plays an average game. That it's always his leadership that's the fault. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where it comes from. To be fair, and it's you know I think it it's been ordinary on more than one occasion throughout the course of the the season. And I was actually in a car early today, and I think I heard an interview that Sloney was doing um, on Triple M, of course listening to Triple M while driving around um, streets of Adelaide and <laughs> and I think he said it best in, in commenting about how you know strong a leader Tex is and yeah. you know when you're inside the four walls that's what you see and um, and as I said just a few minutes ago, uh, his season's been hard for him, He's, he hasn't been at 100% at any point throughout the course of the year so it's been hard for him to lead by example for the fans in you know out here on the Oval so in uh, hindsight, but, but leadership's more than that. Yeah, leadership's more than that. Leadership's not. It, it you know, it is playing well and being a part of it. And I think again, he's got a body of work that says he does that. Um, but it's not just that. It, it's what happens all around the football club, and and that's why he's so respected by, um, um, you know, his his fellow players. It's why he's fec- um, respected by his peers within the competition. It's why he's respected by me and others. So. You know, this is a decision that we make every year, um, and we'll make it again in the early part of next year. But you know, he's 
um, you know, he's a really important part of our leadership group and said I think the criticism's been um, you know, widely unfair. Well, Fags, we appreciate the extended time you've given us on Triple M today. Uh, good luck today and, and whatever uh, it reveals for the review going forward for 2019. Good on you. Thanks, guys. There he is, uh, the CEO of the Adelaide Football Club, uh, Andrew Fagan, joining us on Triple M.